I'm just going to introduce Mongzani, who is a Burmese scholar, writer, organizer, and revolutionary with over three decades of experience in international politics and activism. He co-founded and led Free Burma Coalition, Free Rohingya Coalition, and Forces of Renewal Southeast Asia, and he's now living in exile. He joins us now from London. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mongzani. Thank you for having me. Uh, uh, Mongzani, can you start by describing the state of the struggle in Burma right now? Um, well, we are in the second year of um, you know the anti-coup armed um, resistance, um, civil disobedient movement um, that was joined by um, you know the overwhelming majority of uh, you know Burmese public service uh, personnel or civil servants, the teachers, doctors, uh, nurses. Um, as well as accountants and others, and then and some units of, uh, or I shouldn't say units, but as you know, some members of the armed forces as well as the uh, uh, police forces has also joined in. And uh, at the moment, um, you know, the uh, the earlier predictions or projections by different. Uh, you know, Burma Watchers or, uh, you know, the NGO analysts and others, um, you know, their prediction or projection that, um, you know, the Burmese armed forces um, whose commander-in-chief staged the coup back in February 2021 um, was all too powerful uh, to, you know, to... Um, uh, for the democratic uh, resistance, um, you know, to be able to topple, and it now, like the um, the expertly projections, have to be radically revised because uh, the resistance movement, uh, you know, despite not having any meaningful support from any neighboring countries or like uh, democratic um, countries around the world, including Australia. Um, are gaining serious grounds, and I will get to that in a minute. And so the the, the resistance going on, and that's on the side of uh, uh, the the anti-coup, uh, the political uh, actors. But there's also another one that uh, we don't, um, you know, talk very much about, or we don't hear much from the international media. There is, um, you know. This social and revolutionary side of uh, this uh, two-year-old uh, resistance movement. I mean, the Generation Z or, the, or Generation Z uh, um, that have become so unhappy with the uh, the old racist, uh, sexist, homophobic, and uh, you know other regressive uh, values and cultural practices that the Burmese society as a whole uh, have perpetuated. And so they are now uh, pushing for, uh, you know, a new type of inclusive and, um, you know, humane t- um, um, social relations among uh, different communities as well as uh, within the activist and revolutionary communities. And so 
So there are two things that are going on. One is arm resistance uh, 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 supplemented by uh, civil disobedient movement of civil servants. Um, then like cultural boycott of the military and, and its economic uh, uh, products. And then the other one, which is, uh, in my view, is equally important, is a social revolution that attempt to build a, a different type of society that is worthy of a, a democratic um, you know, system. Hey, um, Mon. Um, so going into, I'm going to guess the kind of next question. Um, since the military um, coup and the horrific kind of repression, can you speak to us, I guess, about the importance of unity between the different minority groups when fighting against the military? And I guess expanding on that, has there been recognition among other groups of the need to include the Rohingya in the in the struggle? Because I guess before the before the, this protest movement uh, emerged. Very little spoke out against um, the Rohingya genocide, and I guess, yeah. What are your some of your comments on, I guess, all those kind of um, questions? Oh yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, firstly, um, the, you know, the, um, the the listeners need to understand that uh, Burma, like many other uh, post, um, you know, Second World War or post-colonial, uh, you know, the countries, um, are made up of uh, multiple ethnic nations, right? So it's not necessarily just like majority versus minority. It's like, you know, the, the different um, ethnic communities coming together uh, as, uh, you know, the groups are worthy of uh, equal rights or like entitled to group equality, not simply um, basic human rights. And so the, um, this, uh, the what the coup has done, um, uh, you know, uh, is it galvanized, uh, you know, the, the different ethnic nations to, to uh, you know, to come to oppose the, um, the universally unpopular coup because, uh, you know, for, for the last, uh, you know, 10 years or so before the coup, um, that, you know, the country was, um, you know, opening up both politically and economically, uh, you know, although, the political opening uh, was not, you know, entirely satisfactory because the military, uh, you know, wrote itself into the constitution, um, you know, claiming that it it is this essentially the guardian of the sovereignty and the protector of the nation and and it, the the constitution. The military wrote, um, you know. Um, um, preemptively uh, legalize any military coup against democratically government, uh, the elected governments. And so, yes, the, the coup has um, brought together a disparate um, um, cluster of different ethnic nations and uh, just about every single uh, major ethnic uh, population has an established armed resistance organizations. We call them ethnic armed organizations, EAO, or like if they are more actively involved in uh, uh, engaging militarily against the military, we call them ethnic resistance or revolutionary organizations. And so um, so that is positive. Uh, the, the negative uh, is that um, the uh, <clears throat> on the uh, Rohingya uh, 
the uh, you know issue and the need for uh, the, both the mainstream Buddhist uh, Burmese majority society and uh, non uh, you know uh, majoritarian ethnic nations or national communities inside Burma coming together and uh, you know uh, embracing the Rohingya uh, not simply as victims of the genocide but as equal um, um, you know ethnic nation or ethnic community so that has not really uh, the taking place as of uh, today then so in my view it is rather um, you know outrageous that um, a, a, a society that has been subject to a series of like uh, multiple you know, um, atrocities by the current um, uh, military regime has not really uh, come to terms with the fact that um, they were uh, involved in the in the genocide led by the military, and um, you know the military continues to be on this uh, violent path, and the society needs to t- you know take a step back and say we need to apologize to the Rohingyas as a society. We need to re-embrace them. We need to stand up for them. We need to integrate them into the mainstream uh, political and uh, armed uh, revolution. And so that has not happened uh, the, to my, uh, you know, deep uh, dismay as a, um, you know, Burmese uh, Buddhist and uh, genocide um, uh, scholar and, and campaigner um, against the, uh, you know, racially motivated uh, state-directed violence that we call genocide. For listeners tuning in, we are speaking to Mong Zani, a Burmese human rights activist, and talking to us about the military repression and Rohingya genocide. Mong Zani, during the last forum you attended here, you spoke of Aung San Suu Kyi, who who was the leader of the National League for Democracy, the NLD. And you mentioned that had she spoken out in 2012, she could have stopped the genocide because she was very popular and, and the people trusted her. We'd just like to know more of your thoughts on this. Yeah, in um, to, to you know the, uh, the genocides were not uh, crime of passions. Uh, genocides were uh, you know crimes that are organised, uh, premeditated. Um, the public opinion has to be mobilized against a target community. Um, the infrastructure of, uh, you know, hatred and racism has to be established. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, you know, back in, you know, 2012, um, you know, when she was feted around the world as this, um, you know, Asian, uh, you know, the Mandela, you know, uh, in, in the female figure of Aung San Suu Kyi. Um, and then she's been likened with Martin Luther, Luther King Jr., Mahatma um, Gandhi, and all these, um, you know, um, the iconic um, you know, non-violent and uh, non-violent and, and armed revolutionary leaders uh, of the past. And she, you know, the, the world thought um, she could walk on water and the, the you know the, the the overwhelming majority of Burmese public call her mother, the mother of the people, and uh, you know she could move mountains. So that you know that kind of moral authority. Yeah, granted that she was not uh, in charge of uh, uh, 
uh, the Burmese state. She was not, you know, in charge of the uh, the armed forces. But nonetheless, uh, what come what came out of her mouth was treated biblically uh, by both the international community at the time and um, uh, the, the particularly the Burmese, uh, the Buddhist majority in the country, right? Um, and she she could have uh, redirected uh, public frustration, uh, you know, the uh, um, uh, the the sentiments of uh, uh, discontent over uh, the economic uh, um, uh, hardships and also you know uh, the 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 ongoing uh, you know the, uh, the the denial of like you know, the freedom and uh, other uh, basic uh, rights uh, uh, in the country and instead um, she kept initially. Um, the silent, and then later when she opened her mouth, she started um, uh, essentially approvingly of uh, you know the uh, the violence against the Muslim. You know, like a, you know, she, then like in 2013 or 14, I think like 2013, um, she was on the uh, uh, the, uh, the the flagship BBC radio and a TV program called uh, Radio Four. Um, you know, telling, uh, basically normalizing, um, you know, uh, the, the, the violence by saying, that, oh, yeah, Muslims uh, uh, against Muslim violence and also like, you know, the, the Burmese people are fearful of uh, uh, the, what they perceive as uh, the rise of global Muslim power, that kind of language, uh, which reinforced the uh, pre-existing Islamophobia and uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the also reinforced the military, uh, the military perspective that the um, you know the, the 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 growth of Muslim population in particular region of Western Myanmar uh, posed a threat to national security. So, so she fell into that uh, line of uh, public discourse, and instead of like steering the public opinion. Uh, along the lines of like you know uh, the the liberal humanist uh, values and perspective, uh, human rights, and democratization, she allowed the military and the, uh, the ultra nationalist uh, uh, the Buddhist organizations and demagogues to frame the Muslims, uh, you know, which the, particularly the the Rohingyas are only you know like about roughly two or two point five million out of 55 million um, uh, total population. And so she, so I think, like, you know, the, the, she could have uh, nipped at this mobilization of hatred and racism against the Muslim, and in particular Rohingya Muslims in Western Myanmar, uh, you know, in the bud, but she did not. She went along, and then, like, you know, the, and I mean, like, this, she ended up, in fact... Uh, Flying to The Hague, uh, the Netherlands, uh, to uh, defend the um, the um, armed forces of Myanmar and its conduct, which included uh, mass rape and uh, you know total uh, scorch earth uh, genocidal destruction of Rohingya communities. Like you know, uh, the hundreds of villages uh, were razed to the ground, uh, and also uh, you know the. the 
while she traveled to the International Court of Justice located in The Hague, she had never, um, you know, traveled to the Rohingya refugee camps along the Burmese-Bangladesh border, uh, which would have been, you know, one hour of, uh, uh, flight from uh, the, the new capital, Nepidol. Instead, she traveled, you know, uh, thousands of miles to the Netherlands uh, to defend and deny genocide. And so I think, I think like, you know, the, the, in, in, in my view, like uh, what she has done was completely unconscionable and uh, indefensible. You mentioned this um, before, um, that um, genocides are not um, inevitable, but they are created. Some may think that, you know, humans have always fought this way, but anti-human behaviour is taught. Um, the ruling class cited needs to um, um, develop racist ideology to create a racist atmosphere in order to in, in convince the people that other group of people are, are inhuman or inferior, and it's okay to do a horrific things to them. You know, can you speak to this kind of um, comment as well, that it's not human nature and why these sort of genocides are ultimately um, human constructions? Well, I mean, like, I, I, I actually, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the frame the human behavior as human nature, because, uh, you know, the, um, I mean, we were born as uh, basically like innocent babies and, and you know, as uh, some of the uh, most... Uh, Iconic uh, South African anti-apartheid leaders like you know Mandela or uh, the late uh, the Bishop Desmond Tutu uh, said like we 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 are taught to hate certain group or we are taught to love uh, uh, other groups and so you know uh, this like uh, the, all of this uh, uh, you know racism hatred homophobia. All these, like you know, the really damaging um, the attitudes and sentiments um, that we learn. They're, we 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 are not gen- genetically endowed with hatred or love, <laughs> or you know anything. Uh, the care for the environment or recklessness towards it. So we learn, and but the you know what makes genocides uh, you know different from having just. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to like uh, diminish uh, the the, uh, the significance of this. Um, you know, like a racial or uh, uh, gender prejudices, right? But but we all learn to be prejudicial towards certain group groups in society or you know groups around the world, or individuals with certain characteristics. But but the, you know, having prejudices does not necessarily lead population to participate in large-scale destruction, including killing, because genocides are not simply about killing, you know, like a large number of uh, um, uh, population. And also, you know, what distinguishes the the genocides from other types of crimes is that, uh, you know, genocides can take place in peacetime or during the war, uh, in the case of Rohingya, they had never been armed uh, in any significant way to fight back their oppressor, Myanmar military or the Buddhist majority. And so the, the, in the case of Rohingya genocide, you know, genocide was um, you know, planned in a very cold-blooded manner by the uh, military commanders and their uh, this, uh, you know, highest level of uh, uh, general staff, including the um, the current uh, coup leader, Mao Lai. Um, 
and so the the downsides were, um, you know, crimes designed to attack a, a targeted population um, solely because of their identity, racial, ethnic, uh, religious, uh, and national identities, and and then often uh, the you know the genocides were uh, targeted against the most. Uh, vulnerable members of the society and usually these are crimes committed against a group and so like if you happen to be a, a Rohingya uh, whether you're a nice person decent person kind person or bad person it doesn't matter who you are as individual human uh, the humans what matters is you you belong you your membership in that community makes you a legitimate target for killing and destruction, rape and otherwise. And so I think the, um, you know, the, the genocide, I mean, like uh, the ge- genocidal crimes have been found to have been committed, uh, you know, the, throughout the different historical periods, uh, you know, in uh, there's using all kinds of religious ideologies, racial ideology and, you know, whatnot. And only, the uh, fascism and Nazism and the, uh, the the Nazi genocide or Holocaust uh, is the most uh, systematic and the most uh, you know horrific uh, because of uh, gas chambers and you know tra- transportation of um, uh, millions of uh, 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 marked populations to different uh, uh, death and forced labor camps across uh, Nazi occupied Europe, but but no two genocides. Uh, you know, look alike, and they don't have to. As long as the, the killers, the perpetrators, um, plan and design a course of action that is meant to destroy in whole or in significant part um, a, a, the targeted population uh, on whatever ideological grounds. And so the, the usually, like, genocides are considered crimes of um, you know, puppets or mobilized or orchestrated by political states. And this, you know, the, the key is to understand this is not um, the homicide. It's not a crime of passion. There's a lot of planning, uh, mobilization of resources, uh, shaping public opinions, mobilization of hatred and racism, and also fear. And then finally, what's so fascinating is uh, the, although the perpetrators are the ones who are carrying out, um, you know, mass uh, the destruction, uh, including mass killings like Rwanda uh, case, and the, you know they see their killings and destruction as self-defense. You know, the killers consider their act morally justified because they say we are defending our nation or race or faith or territory or population. And so the, this is rather psychologically warped uh, type of crime when killers and the population of perpetrators feel that all their atrocious behavior is justified morally because, the, you know, they are mounting a defensive action. You know, the, the same... All across genocide, uh, genocidal cases uh, from Nazis or Armenian genocide or the um, Rohingya genocide committed by my own, um, you know, country, both the military, Aung San Suu Kyi's party 
and the majoritarian public. We'd like to thank you, Mongzani, for taking the time to speak with us. Before we wrap up the interview, is there anything else you would like to share with us and our listeners? Well, we need to be like uh, aware that uh, you know that, that we are living in a world where um, you know uh, the uh, <coughs> you know the dominant uh, you know economic and political forces are shaping public global public opinions uh, opinions of different national populations uh, along the um, you know far right. Uh, uh, values or perspectives of, you know, some of the biggest and most powerful countries in the world, uh, you know, are moving in the far right direction from China, uh, you know, militaristic, um, the bellicose, um, you know, to, uh, India, like Neandra Modi's government is Hindutva, uh, using Hinduism as an ideology, but which is in fact, uh, you know, fascism uh, against uh, minorities, particularly Muslims in, in India. Uh, the, you know, India has the largest Muslim population in the world. Um, and the United States, like Donald Trump, remains very popular. And, you know, the uh, the Make America great. And then parts of Europe is scary. Like my the country I'm a citizen of, uh, Great Britain, has an extremely vile and uh, you know, fascist regime. Like even Ahmad, um, you know, Philip Sands, uh, one of the leading scholars and lawyers of genocide and crimes against humanity in London, um, you know, recently <laughs> uh, tweeted that like national conservatism, that the uh, the current government of Rishi Sunak and Suela Braverman uh, are promoting uh, that resembles or sounds. Um, like a national socialism that uh, the uh, the Nazi Germany in the 1930s uh, was promoting, and so I think that we need to be uh, working together uh, across um, uh, national, uh, ethnic, and religious uh, lines. Uh, that we need to realize that uh, the you know this kind of like far right ideology, um, the mobilization of like hatred and racism. Uh, based on our colors or faith or God, uh, poses uh, one of the greatest uh, threats to our human existence, um, you know, uh, uh, beyond uh, ecological uh, crises. Well, thanks, uh, Dr. Mangzani. We, we do need to wrap up the interview, but we really appreciate you taking the time to come on our show. Uh, we know it's late there as well. So, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure uh, talking to you.